0: We are emotional beings, and this is what differentiates us, and most of the time, this makes or breaks how we perform a certain task, which makes me remember what my superior told me in my previous workplace. He said that it's not the work that is challenging, but the people that make it challenging. Of course, I looked at him puzzled at that time, not saying anything back since I didn't want to get hit or shouted at. But thinking about it now, it actually does make sense. What we will discuss today is a practical book for better managing the emotional side of work and building the skills needed to enhance performance to keep growing by managing the negative emotions and finding motivation when there seems to be none. Hi, I'm Day and you're listening to the Daily Book Club. Today we'll discuss No Hard Feelings, The Secret Power of Embracing Emotions at Work by Liz Fogsman. So No Hard Feelings is a book that explores the topic of emotions in the workplace and suggests that it's not only okay, but also beneficial to express and acknowledge emotions at work. The author, Liz, argues that emotions are a natural and essential part of being human and that they can be used to improve communication, increase trust, and promote collaboration. And one of the main themes of the book is the importance of creating a workplace culture, where emotions can be openly and constructively shared. So Liz emphasizes that hiding or repressing emotions can lead to feelings of isolation and disconnection and can even lead to burnout and mental health issues. The book also debunks traditional stereotypes of work as being emotionless because most of the time in today's workplace, we have been told to suppress our emotions. I mean, think about it. How many times have we been told to brush our emotions away or let it not affect our work. And sometimes, sadly, being emotionless and not being affected by the things has become a sort of badge of honor. So the book teaches us to recognize and use emotions in a constructive way at work. It advocates for emotional intelligence and emotional literacy as key elements for professional success and satisfaction, which we will discuss further. And throughout the book, Liz also encourages readers to be more authentic and open about their emotions at work in order to create more positive and productive work environments. And I think that in Southeast Asian countries where people are more in touch with their emotions, it's more of a matter of how to actually use it to be productive than it becoming more of a crutch to avoid things. There is also the danger of getting too carried away with sharing emotions that work is forgotten. What we have to remember is that emotions are a way to connect with others. It's an asset that makes us human. A human who can connect with one another and empathize with others' experiences. So with that, here are some actionable takeaways from this book. Takeaway number one. Develop emotional intelligence. Emotional intelligence, or EI, and emotional literacy, EL, are related concepts that refer to the ability to understand, manage, and express emotions, both in oneself and in others. Let's go to emotional intelligence. It refers to the ability to recognize, understand, and manage one's emotions, as well as the emotions of others. So this involves the ability to be self-aware, to perceive and express emotions, to understand and reason with emotions, and to manage and regulate emotions. So people with high emotional intelligence are able to understand and respond to emotions in themselves and others in ways that are beneficial to themselves and others. Emotional literacy, on the other hand, is pretty similar. It's the ability to recognize, understand, label, express, and manage emotions, and it involves knowledge of emotions and emotion-related skills, such as empathy and emotional regulation. So people with high emotional literacy have a good understanding of their own emotions as well as the emotions of others and can communicate effectively with others in an emotionally intelligent way. So they also have the ability to regulate their emotions, setting boundaries and not allowing their emotions to control them. And recognizing that both concepts are important for personal and professional success as they can improve with communication, trust, and collaboration, understanding emotions in oneself and others can aid in creating more positive and productive work environments. So one way to start this is getting to understand where the organization's emotional intelligence and emotional literacy are to see the gaps to be filled in. Let's now go to takeaway number two. Create an emotionally supportive culture. So encourage and foster an environment where emotions can be openly and constructively shared by promoting open and honest communication, encouraging emotional vulnerability, and creating a culture where people feel comfortable discussing their emotions. It's very important to note that creating an emotionally supportive culture can't happen overnight. It obviously takes time, patience, and the consistent effort to foster a culture of emotional support and intelligence. It's also important to be open to feedback and adapt the approach as per the need. This is why having a proper feedback mechanism is key. Well, another way to make sure that this happens is to see if there's anything in the environment that goes against, or let's call it conflicts, with creating the wanted culture. Here are some environment conflicts that I have experienced in my work. So a company placed time for deep work where no one should be bothered for a period of time, and it was set so that employees could finish their work. There was also no meeting Fridays, but it didn't work out well since employed had an open office setup where anyone can talk and ask anyone something at any point in time. And the no work Fridays actually gave the people more stress because the bosses were pushing everyone to finish work on a Thursday or cram the Thursdays with meetings. Maybe you have a similar story like this, but another example was when the company leaders decided to ask employees about their challenges, but the leaders themselves didn't share since they mentioned that they're only there to help and that showing their vulnerabilities might make employees look down on them. But as we know by now, When implementing something, it's always beneficial to lead by example. So now let's go on to the last takeaway, address emotional labor. Emotional labor refers to the emotional and psychological work required in many jobs, but often goes unrecognized. So it covers the management of one's own emotions and the emotions of others in order to meet the expectations of an organization or a job. So let's try to understand it better. Emotional labor can take many forms such as dealing with difficult customers, dealing with constant demands and pressure, and having to suppress one's own feelings to meet the expectations of others. So for example, a customer service representative may be expected to remain calm and composed when dealing with angry or frustrated customers, despite their own feelings. A therapist may be expected to provide a listening ear and emotional support to clients, despite their own emotional states. Right? These are similar examples and are forms of emotional labor, which we often require a significant amount of energy, time, and can take a toll on our well-being. In simple terms, it's just saying that we should be able to understand that what we see outside does not reflect what's inside. And because of this, emotional labor can be both positive and negative. It can be rewarding, but also can be draining and may lead to burnout. And all these are important because we're not machines and are human. So be aware and recognize emotional labor in yourself and others and take steps to ensure that you and your organization addresses it. This can include setting boundaries, practicing self-care and providing support for your colleagues who are also undertaking emotional labor. Some of the other ways you can do this is to have an organizational therapist or having support or accountability groups. And those were the three actionable takeaways. Let's go through them one by one. 1. Develop emotional intelligence. Know where your people stand on this and address the gaps. 2. Create an emotionally supportive culture and make sure that sharing is easy and safe to do. 3. Address emotional labor. Always remember that we are not machines and are human. This way, like the book mentions, we can change traditional views on emotions in the workplace. This can help us with understanding the benefits of expressing and acknowledging emotions at work and to create more positive and productive work environments. And that was a quick summary on No Hard Feelings, The Secret Power of Embracing Emotions at Work by Liz Fosley. Till the next episode, thank you for listening to the Daily Book Club. I've got this hell to pay, and the cross I bear, wave your time, well deserved. What can I say? I'm a son of a bitch for all the things I've done.